Welcome to Achilles Crosspace. In this episode, we interview Cindy uh, over her daughter Libby. Uh, it was reported back in December of 2017, the uh, police uh, labeled Libby's um, death as a suicide. And after you know the interview and reading stuff, we're kind of wondering how they came up with that because a lot of things don't add up. But it seems like it was the easiest way for them to you know just close it and move on with their lives. Which, not saying all cops are bad, but in this case, does seem that way. And we're hoping you know this episode you know will get attention on her case, bring justice to her, you know, help the family out by getting this case taken care of. You know, there's a suspect that you'll learn about. And, you know, that was involved in everything. Well, there's a few people that have tie-ins that should definitely been looked in more and all that. And we're, like I said, hoping this will get some uh, attention their way. So, you know, there's a Facebook page, uh, Justice for Libby. You you can find that on Facebook. And, um, like I said, try to share, you know, this episode to anywhere and to anybody you can to get her story out there so justice will be served for uh, Libby. Hello, this is Cindy. Hello, this is uh, Bruce and uh, Olivia. Hello, good to meet you. Yeah, good to meet you. Uh, if you want, just go ahead and like kind of just start the whole story and all that. Okay. Well, my daughter is Elizabeth Caswell. Um, we called her Libby. She was born in 1996. She um, led a life of pretty much sheltered, you know. We sent her to dance school and um, gymnastics, and eventually she went to high school and made us the cheerleader. Um, met the kid, this kid, Devin. Um, she... You know, dated him. She was 16 at the time, and um, they just ended up having this rocky relationship. And we tried to get her to, you know, cut it off, but she just kept seeing him. And then eventually, she got pregnant by him, and they had this baby, a little boy, and um, just kind of went downhill from there. He just, well, actually, after she got pregnant. He just kind of changed a lot. We didn't know a lot about him and his family. So later we were find out they, they had a serious methamphetamine problem. I mean, his mom, his dad, a lot of people in his family, eventually him. So um, they fought. I don't know about that. She would get clean. He would not. And so, um, you know, it's just a, he got violent okay. And there was lots of times when I called the police on him. There's times where I stopped him from seriously hurting her. Um, and I wasn't the only one. There was other people that witnessed that and stopped him from hurting her. And then on the... December 11th of 2017, there was no one there to stop him, and he killed her. And we believe he strangled her with his hands or a belt or something, because she was found with his belt around her neck. And so um, he fled the scene after calling 911. He called 911 at 8 o'clock and uh, hung up on him, and then handed the phone to somebody in the parking lot and they called 911. So, anyway, she was uh, deceased and we found out on uh, after midnight, so December 11th, the police came to our door and told us our daughter had hung herself. And we didn't believe it. We knew better. We knew how he was and um, that's just how, it, you know, we fought it ever since. We hired an investigator. And we're just still trying to um, have closure. That's about all I can say. I mean, 
Yeah, I noticed uh, in the one uh, post you made, the one I think that you have like posted for the top post, where it said about what was it days before that when she like uh, before all that would happen about talking to the family transformation counselor and about yeah. he had choked her unconscious. Yes. He had. He had gone. Um, <clears throat> she was uh, living with his stepdad, and his stepdad had remarried. And um, they were staying with him. Their names are Gary and Dee. And Gary um, woke to a, uh, you know, the sounds of something. He said it was scuffling. He could tell it was and scuffling. So he got up and went in there. And he was on top of her, strangling her, and he had to pull him off of her. And he he um, actually came to the police department the day after my daughter um, was, um, you know, after everybody found out. And he got the police, he tried to tell them what had happened. And they actually took a statement from him, and it's in the police report. But they didn't videotape it or record it. They just met him in the lobby and took his statement. So, yeah, he said, he, and I called him, and he said he was concerned because of how she died. Does he have a history of abuse, like with past relationships as well? He does. He has a history <clears throat> with girlfriends. Um, he has hit his mother. You know, his stepmother, it's just a, he has a very violent temper, and he, he especially when he doesn't sleep, yeah. or if you wake him up and he is asleep, same thing. <clears throat> um, was that the only time he'd done anything to Libby from the... I mean, prior to... Yeah. Her night. Uh, well, with uh, when the stepdad pulled him off and stuff, like, was there any other times before that that where he had done anything just to her? Oh yeah, he had. Um, I witnessed him tackle her one day, and he she was putting on her mascara, and he was always messing with her, and he bumped her arm and made her put her mascara up on her eyebrow, kind of, and so she elbowed him. And he just flat tackled her, and she was yelling. She couldn't breathe to get off of her. And I came out of my room, and I told him to get off of her. I was calling the police. And so he jumped up, and he said he wasn't hurting her. She wasn't hurt, but she was definitely afraid of him. And, that, you know, that's the problem we had with him. So we would just we couldn't let him stay with us. We had um, their son with us, and then our two children were still at home. We had another daughter and a son, and so we just tell him he can't stay there. He was too out of control with his anger, and so when we would kick him out, she would leave with him. So she was kind of. Did she really like take up for him or anything or? Like, why do you think she stayed with him with all, since she was basically like this pretty much throughout their whole relationship, it seems like? I think she thought um, that that was some kind of love. I think she felt um, maybe fear from him, too. I know at the end, she definitely was afraid. He was threatening us. He was saying if she left him. No matter where she went, he would still come and hurt us. We found that out after she died through some friends of hers. Um, but before, when they were younger, I believe he used their son like to put the fear into her. She was kind of, she just believed what he would say. And I would try to tell her, you know, he can't just take him away. He's not even on the birth certificate, you know. He didn't show up for the birth, so she didn't put him on the certificate. But Do you guys have custody of him? Yes, we eventually adopted Xavier. 
and they terminated Devin's rights. He came to court the last, I think it was two weeks before she died, and we had a court date in family court, and they were working with Elizabeth, and she was doing great. She was coming to all the um, all the things she had to come to, you know, to, to get better and to do what she was supposed to do. And then he was jealous that he was, she was still getting to see Xavier. I, don't, I really don't know why he was jealous. He didn't want to participate with Xavier, but he was using that or something. We don't really know. Somebody offered him um, a paternity test because they said, well, you can't just come in and be here and say that. You have to prove, you know, the burden of proof was on him to prove he was the father. So they offered to do the DNA test. And Stephen set up a date, and um, I took Zave to his blood test for the DNA, and then he was supposed to come the next week. But he didn't show up, and he um, was supposed to start drug court because they would have um, made him go to drug classes and comprehensive mental health and just do all the things that she was doing in order to get back in Zave's life. Because I was trying to express tough love on her. I thought it would be something that would make her straighten up, you know. So I I got children's services involved. I was really afraid for her life. You know, I thought that would, you know, put her some feelings in her. But it didn't work out like I thought it was. I thought they would um, contact her and she would be so freaked out that she would, uh, you know, just stop what she was doing. As a mother, you know, I was thinking she was choosing that at that time. And later I found out she was being forced, you know, she hated him threatening it. And so um, they, they were just going to do like a, a well check on her, and she wouldn't answer the door, and then she wouldn't answer her phone. So they built a case against her, and we ended up in full-fledged um, children's services, you know, like... They were uh, cracking down on her, so that's what happened. But it did start to help her. I know, like, so it definitely sounds like he had, like, not only physically, you know, abuse to her, like, but mentally as well. Like, he, said, yeah. he just wanted her basically under his wing and scared of what he, you know, says he could do, which I agree with you, he wouldn't be able to do a lot of the stuff that he claimed he could with yeah um with that phone call um what did you guys think of that overall well we i felt like he was so guilty i i even when i look at him now i see his mugshot i can just see it in his eyes i feel like he is haunted by what he did even though my private eye says he has no remorse. He thinks he said he doesn't think he has any, um, <clears throat> you know, like he thinks he's the man. He don't, you know, he just kind of get away with her mm-hmm. because she was. A, Sorry, yeah. I noticed in one part, like he was saying something about that he that he was asleep on the bed waiting for her to get out of the shower. But like, he was asleep. Yeah. why would he be waiting? And like, I noticed we said like like he stuttered and was panicky it seemed like and like he tried to like basically avoid every question that was asked to him and he didn't really give like a solid answer i think he probably wanted to get his story straight what he was going to tell everyone yeah yeah he um well there nothing really made sense to the story that that he gave in the first place He, he um um, told the police, well, the police have the 911 calls where he called initially when he woke up at 8. But she had um, rigor mortis so badly that, you know, it takes hours to get that kind of rigor mortis. Mm-hmm. And also, the witness that was in the room in 320, they were in room 319. This guy was in room 320. He said he heard a banging and sounds of a woman being beat and that he 
heard a woman say, why are you hurting me? This was 20 minutes before the police arrived. So we're not sure, you know, exactly. There's just nothing that adds up. And they say that, you know, the curtain rod to the shower was on the, the curtain rod. He says she hung herself from the door. And then the pictures show, I haven't seen the coroner's, or the police the crime scene photos, but my T.I. has. And he said the curtain and the rod are on the floor. And so she is away from the door and laying um, with her head to the wall between the toilet and the bathtub. And so there's no way she could have fell like that because he claims he opened the door and she fell so that, you know, she hung herself from the door. And another um, thing that's wrong is she couldn't have reached the belt to the top of the door. She was only 5'3". Mm-hmm. The door is over, I think he said, 6 feet. Um, she would have had to have a bench or a stone or something to have done that. So there's just too many things that don't fit. Like, when did they figure, like, after the private investigator you guys got, is that when the case, because you said it was basically open again? Is that what made it? Yeah, we, we, we think so. He, he pointed out so many things that were, um, that didn't add up. And some of the things were, um, like, uh, the door thing for one, for one thing, it, you know, she, she was only 5'3". She had contusions and abrasions. You know, she had a big bruise on her um, lower abdomen. She had a big bruise on her ear. Um, she also, the belt was behind her head and buckled on the left side, and she was right-handed. Devin was left-handed. Um, there's that. Also, um, when he questioned Nicholas Gomez, he claimed to have lived there that morning and the last one to see her alive, besides Devin, he put himself back at the scene, so he came back to the motel to um, because Devin called him and said what happened and tried to convince him to flee, and then they did. And so, but the police didn't put that in the report that he was with Devin in the car when they left. But the witness and Gomez himself puts in there, himself there. So um, he just kind of pointed all that out to the captain of the Independence Police Department. And so they said they were going to reopen it and put fresh eyes on the case. And um, we found out when um, I went to get, I went to talk to my PI, he said, well, it's not fresh eyes. It's the same guy that was there the night of the, you know, the time she died. One of the same detectives. So, we don't know if they were really going to do anything at this point. What happened? Yeah, I saw where, with the friend, like, because I saw in that one post, too, about, you know, that they possibly, like, that after all of it, basically staged a scene. So you think he helped? I do. I think he went back and helped Devin. We think, okay, so after everything, we, we, this is what our theory is, is that she died the morning of, after we went to the room at 6.30 a.m. that morning. We think she was dead by 8. We think and, uh, Nicholas's girlfriend picked him up at 8, and then he drove her to work, and then went back to the motel. That's our theory. And then they partied all day, did their drugs and whatever, and then um, thought about how to how to get out of that, what they'd done, and what Devin had done, were not really sure. Only they know, for sure. Well, if he puts himself there, like says that he was there and there was witnesses, I don't understand why the police would not make that like a big thing like that is a big thing 
for the cake. It is to us, too. We thought the same thing when, you know, and we, we just don't understand it, but we are also not the only family facing this kind of thing with IPD. There's another lady who is Jackie Schroer. Her daughter, Angela, was um, murdered by a man, and they closed her case, too, as a suicide. She's been fighting the same fight that we have with them. So um, she's the one that I contacted after I saw her story. And so um, you might want to talk to her, too. Uh, You know, it'd be a good idea. Yeah, it's weird that, like, around where we live and stuff, like, there's a lot of unsolved cases. It's like they just kind of not say all places are, you know, are bad, but I notice a lot of them, like, once it's done, if they can't find nothing, they just kind of seem to quit on it and just basically want somebody, well, they call them armchair detectives, you know, to come forward something. And, like, Mm -hmm. it's... Like with Libby and stuff and the the other girl's case, it's like it look you could rule out a suicide case closed, ain't gotta do nothing else, no more investigating, it's done. When reality, you know, there's more to the story, obviously, and they just didn't seem to yeah. want to look into it. I think it's a good example yeah. of the justice system failing everyone because like with Libby's case, there's big things like if you and I, people that do not have the training or the schooling of what a police officer or a detective would have, can sit here and say, this does not add up, this is a big deal, yeah. you need to put this in the report, this needs to be questioned, this needs to be a suspect. If we can do that and the right. police haven't, like, that is a big fail on their part. It is, especially when the death certificate came back, and that, that was our first red flag when you know, it's hard to accept that your daughter could do that. Hmm. And I didn't accept it. I knew. And everyone around me were like, okay, you need to prepare yourself. This could have happened. And I'm like, this did not happen. So we get the death certificate, and the coroner says, unknown manner of a 60 Yeah. And I said, I told everybody, you know, so that's huge. Mm-hmm. That should be a law. I mean, I don't understand that one right there. And they closed the case. And so, yeah, <laughs> it just shouldn't be allowed. No, it shouldn't. Yeah, like I always like, you know, I kind of go with like, I'm more of an amateur researcher and stuff like that. But like, usually when, you know, when somebody sets their mind on something, when they find evidence, they don't try to let the evidence lead them. They just kind of basically bend the evidence around their theory instead of letting it take them where they need to go. So if they would actually, you know, looked into this, the evidence would have led that, hey, yeah. Devin's got a history. This could be an issue. Right. Look into it. But it seemed like they just, they had their theory suicides or they're like, we're going to go with that. Everything fits this yeah. little here. Didn't even ask us. Didn't ask us, hey, did she have a tendency to, you know, was she depressed? Was she, you know, it was none of that. They didn't even. Some of the first questions, in my opinion. Because you know your daughter. You know if she would have been the type of person to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, the detective even wrote... Detective Schnigling wrote the Emmy's office and addressed um, the the main guy. I think his name was Pytech, and uh, said, "You know, the Independence Police Department has ruled this a suicide. Why would you put this unknown manner of asphyxiation on here?" And he answered back, "If he's not going to change his findings on there, that was what he found, and that's what he's leaving it as." So they even tried to go back and say, hey, you can't do that when it's done it because he left that open for a reason. Exactly. You know, he felt like... License. If he would have lied on that and lied about the findings, he could lose his medical examiner's license and stuff like that. So he did the right thing because, you know, yeah. that's what it is. The body and the evidence does not lie. Like, that is what happened. Yeah. 
even did several things like uh, because he felt like that. He did a um, a rape kit, and he did a uh, some other things. I can't remember like uh, testing under the fingernails, and I I read the report, and he did all that. So, but the police have to order testing. So even though he has all that stuff, he can't do anything with it unless the police say, "Hey, we suspect rape." Or we suspect, you know, something. Mm-hmm. So that's there if they want to do something like that. Which, you know, she did have a clear liquid on her on her breast. It was like a four inch um, clear liquid, and I questioned that. What is that? You know, why would somebody say that's a museum? You know, mm-hmm. so she just. She fought. I know that. She had defensive wounds on her arm. She um had some she just had her nails done. She was showing her sister the Monday before her new nails. And you know, when you get new nails, they you don't just they don't just pop off. They no. especially hers. She hers grew way out. She would have to go have them taken off. They would be, you know, on there. But three of them were off. So, so she had to fall that was the hard. huge. Yeah. Is there any way that you can, like, I know it's your police department, but is there like, um, like a state police or somewhere you could go over their heads? Because they don't seem like they did a very good job at all with this. No. Um, they didn't. But I also I heard that the um, sheriff patrol has. Has uh, is over the city police, but um, Independence, Missouri is a charter city. I found that out. But they kind of have their own little government, and they are run by the city council. And so, I'm not sure how we would go about that, but that's going to be a future idea. If they can look for case again, and they don't go after this. He's in jail again, too, so it would be easy for them to go pull a lie detector test. You know, they don't do it the old-fashioned way anymore. They have these new um, digital or electronic kind of test. They, they don't hold up in court as a thing that they can do, but it would help our case if it went to trial. Yeah. So, um, Was he yeah, he's this time... Uh, this time he did armed criminal action. It was a uh, robbery, and he had armed. So he's going to the grand jury trial. It'll be in February. So that's like another red flag. He's even gotten, you know, <laughs> more stuff after the fact that you know would make him look guilty of more. Yeah. Yes, he is. I see. He is. He's been. I mean, we had him checked out. He's got a rap sheet. He's got. He's been sent to the grand jury so many times, but it's not ever gone to trial. Like this time, it's going to trial. He was caught in Kansas City this time, which is technically still Jackson County, but mm-hmm. um, I believe you know the Kansas City police are in on it this time. So I think that's why it's different. Um, but they're going after him. I've even thought about going and talk to him myself, and just telling him I want to hear, you know, the last, I want to hear about what happened, and take someone with me to record the conversation, but, it definitely you know, I don't know if I could. Sorry, it definitely seems, um, just with talking to you, and, you know, and learning more about him, like, I can't say for his parents' sake, but like you said, he hit his mom, his stepmom, and all that, it seems like he's, like, was he punished for that? If if he wasn't really punished, it seems like he's kind of got in his head. Like I can get away with anything. Like you said, he he never really went to trial, and seem and this time he might. Yeah. So that's you know get something out of this with what he's in jail for. Now. Yeah, he, he's always uh, boasted that he is smarter than the police, and they won't catch him, and he can do whatever he wants. He he thought he was, you know, just smarter than them. He still does. He's 
I think he's always been like the victim in his own mind, mm-hmm. too. Like he's never the the person that did anything wrong. And I think that's what Lizzie thought, too, was he just didn't... I think she thought he didn't have a chance. His parents were terrible. And he's this kid that never got a chance, never was had good parenting. And then she felt sorry for him in the beginning. And then later on realized, you know, what a mistake she made. But then it was, she just couldn't get away from him at that point. Yeah, definitely, definitely does seem. Because, you know, you guys, you know, you guys have basically been her voice. And, you know, like, your loving parents to her. And, like, when you said, like, he's never had a chance. So it's just basically, you know, she felt sorry for him. And then he just fed on that and just basically pushed her under to be under his wing till he could just run over top of her, which yeah. happens a lot, sadly, with, with you know, relationships yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like, she had a soft spot for her family, so him threatening yep. to hurt you guys probably really... Knew her weaknesses. She, she was like, oh no, that yeah. cannot happen. Yeah. She definitely, I feel like, died to protect us. I have thought that many times, but she just thought she had to protect us. And even there that last week, I told her, just come home. You know, we're not, he's not going to do anything. He's all just full of crap. And she would say, no, Mom, you know, some really bad people. And, you know, he, he robbed them, and he told them that she had done it. And so, you know, she was afraid. So I was like, well, you know, we, we can defend ourselves. We're not helpless. You know, we can figure something out. And she just really was convinced that he would... He would shoot up our house and, you know, just break in and kill us all. Who, who, I, I saw where he, you mentioned about, and like what you just said about him, like who did he, did he rob like people that dealt with drugs or? Uh, yeah. Yes, he was, um, he would, they would, I think the last time it was just, uh, nothing said to me and he was bunking a big bunch of it to sell. Mm-hmm. And then she said he never, he like never took their money to them or never um, sold the drugs. He just did or sold them and kept the money. I'm not sure really what happened, but she said it was a bunch and it was worth a lot of money. And so um, that's what he had done prior to her losing her apartment. And so he, he just told them that she said he told the people that she stole the money, put it on her, that she stole, it was her fault. Okay, so that's why she would have in her, like, no kind of see that crowd that he done that to, and that's, yeah, I could see where she could be scared, thinking that they might do something too. Yeah. Especially well, she don't people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there was an incident before she lost her apartment where they came to her door with ball bats, and um, she said the neighbors are... My sister-in-law runs the apartments that they had, mm-hmm. and she said that these group people came and got out of this car, it was a red car, and they went and just banging on the door with ball bats, and some people called the police that were across the hall and scared them off, and so... That was right before she lost her apartment. That was the kind of trouble he was bringing there that caused her to lose her apartment. They evicted her. So that's how they ended up living with Carrie and Dee. And I think they stayed with Devin's mother for just a few days, but she don't trust him, so she wouldn't let him stay with her. His own mother can't trust him. So, yeah, it definitely. Sounds like pretty bad. Law, yeah, it sounds like he's a lost cause. It's like a textbook definition of a low life coward. Yeah. Yeah. He's also um, been implicated in another kid's death. Um, they were in a car, and 
he claims the kid was playing Russian roulette, and he was with this kid, Bo. I don't know his last name, the one that died. And uh, Diego Gomez. And they claimed the kid was playing Russian roulette. But nobody knows the answer to that one either. Nobody investigated it. Huh? Do the police have that in their file? Like, do they have that on record that he is involved in a previous death? They claim um, that they left the scene and they found Bo in the car um, with the gunshot wound to his head. And Bo's dad said it was at the back of his head. It wasn't, it was like behind his ear, not like he would have shot himself in a suicidal way. And so, I'm not sure if it's on paper. Um, I know Diego was driving the car, that's for sure. But the part about Devin being in the car was rumor. Um, I'm not sure if that's, a, you know, a fact. But people who knew him said he was in the car. And that they were out like the rod together. And so, that may have been something... You know, that, that he did. Also, uh, there was um, my daughter's case, and then uh, I can't think of anything else that, it, that he was involved in that is, like, undocumented, except for his robberies. He still stole a car. He's been caught in a stolen car. Um, he's been accused of uh, getting some young girls drunk and videotaping a rape, you know, him and his buddies raping the two girls. So he's not um, a very nice person. This is this is a story that we heard from his new girlfriend's cousin. That's the one about the rape being videotaped. So when he was in jail, I tried to call. I called the police and I asked them to. If they had a cell phone, they needed to get it because there's, there could have been, you know, he may have recorded something that night with Libby. That yeah. might be on that cell phone. Yeah. You know? And that might have been what he used to scare those girls from coming forward. Because I, I talked to their mothers and I tried to get them to come forward. They said they wouldn't talk. But the mother's the one that contacted me and told me about the whole thing. And that her daughter had told her that he had videotaped him and his friends taking advantage of them while they were really drunk. And they were underage. Wow. So you kind of think like he just, like you said, just maybe threaten people and kind of like have control over them until they won't actually, they're too afraid to say anything. Would you think that with him being in jail now, Somebody might actually come forward with some information. Well, the way the police is failing everybody, I'd mm. be afraid too. Yeah, because you would think that like, that he would like. I don't know. You think somebody would say something now? We're hoping. We really are. We're thinking somebody knows something because it's those boys, you know they. They were they the girlfriend of Nicholas Gomez. Had given my PI a different story too. She said she picked him up, and they went to her mother's house, and he slept most of the day. And he he talked to Nicholas first in jail, and Nick said that he left the motel, saw Libby on the, you know, waved by to her, and um, took his girlfriend uh, to work, and so. You know, there's just nothing fits. And they know something. You know, Nicholas and the girlfriend, we're not sure who the girl was in the room that was yelling, why are you hurting me? And, you know, 20 minutes prior to the police coming, because Elizabeth could have been alive. The rigging artist was in full, so. So how many people total do you think? Do you think it's just them three that know something or do you think like you know no or do you think they've actually told other people like friends family members and 
Like, do you think a lot of people knows about it, and just none of them say anything? I do. Cover them? I do. I think that um, he and Nicholas possibly told. I think Nicholas. I think his girlfriend knows, and I think Devin's new girlfriend knows. Um, maybe why she's not talking. But um, the girls that were raped and um, said. He told them if they told, he would do to them what he's done to Libby. That's why I tried so hard to get them to come forward. Mm-hmm. And and my PI even called the mother, and she refused to let the daughter talk to him. So we think he uses that, which is why I thought he had recorded something, because why else would they be so fearful? Yeah, that, to say anything about yeah, that, that, that about that. Sense. That is crazy, though. Yeah. Like, which, yeah, you'd only have to have, like you said, video, picture, son, say, you know, this is what I've done. I could do this to you. And yeah. just put that fear into them till they're like, well, I'm not going to come out. But you'd still think, you know, whether it be the friend or somebody, like, you know, it has to haunt them, and, you know, they probably have nightmares every night about it. Like, they should, you would think one of them would come out by now, like, yeah. hopefully one one day they will, though. Somebody will say something, or, you know, somebody overhears a conversation or something between some people talking. Yeah. Yeah, we're hoping. That's why we're getting that page out there and all this. Because it has to reach, and you know, for two years I kept it quiet because I hired the PI, and he was like, well, we don't want to, you know, say too much to anybody. We're trying to get the police to reopen it. And then once they reopen it, he says, well, we shouldn't say much about it because it's an open case. You can damage your case. And then I just, I was like, I'm done being quiet. I mean, she needs to be heard. Mm-hmm. I made a public post about, um, you know, if anybody has any information, please come forward and call the kids hotline. And that was the first time my cousin saw it. And she called me and said, why do I not? I mean, it was a second cousin, of course, and I, we didn't never really ever meet. But we knew of each other. You know, we were in different states and... She just couldn't believe it. She hadn't heard that before because my sister, when I was 23, was killed by her husband. So we had been, you know, we're not strangers to the domestic violence thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, you're right. I have just kind of kept this, you know, just, I mean, I don't even, I can't even explain why. <laughs> and I decided that was over. It was getting blasted. And so I just started, we just made this page, and I decided I'm going to go on every thing and let me talk, and I'm going to get this, her voice heard, because she deserves justice, and she needs the person that did that to her to be, you know, convicted of that crime. Mm-hmm. And we need closure. Yep. Like, um, what do you think would be the best outcome with this, like, I does your state actually have the death penalty or anything? Like, you know, I've never even checked into that. I should probably do that because you're the second person that's asked me if Missouri has the death penalty. But, you know, I've never bothered to know. But, but I'm thinking I want to know that now. Like, do you think that would be, would that help bring closure to that, say that he did, you know, they charged him with it and say, you know, you have the death penalty, like he got it and actually, or do you want him to like sit in, you know, prison for the rest of his life till he has to, you know, relive everything of what he, you know, what he did yeah. and he caused? I believe prison is what he needs. I think he needs to never be out in the world. And I'm really not, I'm kind of, it's sad to say this, but, you know, he's, He's just so lost. He don't even know. I mean, he knows what he's done. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he he just he, he can't help himself. He needs to be locked up. 
because he's going to do it again. It's just a matter of time. He's got a violent temper. He's very angry at women, I believe. Um, he's got a high type of jealousy that's just mm. beyond normal thinking. He's not normal. Something's wrong with him mentally. Uh, trying to think, because with, um, with armed robbery, like if he does get, you know, some time out of that, I don't think I don't know how many years he would get possibly, but yeah, he could be he could be out and like say within a few years out on the streets again. Would just I'm not sure how long yeah. armed robbery could be. I don't either. I know it's going to the grand jury, and he's going to have a trial. I plan to be there. And some of my family is going to go to. And I'm going to step in the courtroom, and I don't know what I'm accomplished by that, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go. It's in February, and then I'm hoping something happens before then. Like maybe they go question him again. They said they question him again. Actually, I called my detective on the case, and he said. He brought him in, and he's got the same story that he had the night that she was killed, or that she died. So, I don't know if he'll ever come clean himself, but maybe someone that knows will come for him. Could you request a new detective, maybe? Like, if it's the same guy that was on it years ago, you think they would want someone else who hasn't studied the case. Yeah. Well, they at first told us they were putting fresh eyes on it, but he's the same guy that was called to the scene. And so I tried to call him Friday because I had some questions that I wanted to know, and he didn't answer his phone, but um, I'm going to call him every day until he talks to me. No, I don't blame you on that. And I'm going to tell him that I want him to go do a lie detector test on Devin. Why hasn't that been done? You know, that's just ridiculous. I'm, I'm just beyond pissed off at these detectives. They don't, if it was their child, you know, they wouldn't be thinking like they are. Oh yeah, they'd be they like they'd be doing everything you're doing, you know, getting it, getting the story out there and saying, "Hey, this needs to be looked at." But yeah, definitely. Um, the way like, I don't think Devin. It sounds like like we were saying like he's never gonna unless there's nothing else he can do. I don't think he's ever gonna admit it. I think it's gonna have to come from somebody else that he's either talked to or his friend that was there or possibly you know that that girl that was there. Like, it's got to be yeah. somebody else that's going to have to say, hey, because it seems like everything that you've talked about and, you know, I've read on it from the post and everything, like, there's so much that points him being the person, you know, that she didn't commit suicide, but it's like they yeah. just overlooked everything. So it's like, once you overlook everything, yeah. you can't go back and say, well, this was evidence to show that he done it. So now it's just basically going to, yeah. have to come down to somebody saying, hey, I was there, I seen him do it, and then him going to have to admit that. Yeah. It's yeah. blowing. It's true. And the sad part is the hotel had high-tech surveillance video equipment. Mm-hmm. That's the really the kick. They could have proved whether or not um, Nick left that morning. They could have proved whether Devin was in and out all day or slept until 8 o'clock, like he claims. And so... There's just so much that was messed up. Yeah, that's because this is what uh, almost well next month will be two two years. Yeah. Yeah, December the eleventh. The day actually, um, which since they ignored everything else on it, like did they search her car where he drove off in it? I don't think they even searched her car. They brought us the keys. After they had come to our home and told us our daughter was deceased, they left because Devin contacted, um, Devin showed up at the police station. He turned himself in and wanted to give his side, give his statement. So, we believe 
uh, Nicholas drove him there in the car, mm-hmm. and then Bevan had some warrants out. So after they took his statement, they arrested him. But Jim, my PI, saw the recorded statement, and he said he let him have his cell phone. And when the police detective left the room, he was heard on the cell phone saying, tell him I was there the last few days. Tell them this, tell them that. And you can tell that the, that he, he, he's talking to his dad because he's saying, Dad, tell him this. And, and uh, he overheard on the recording the dad saying, I'm not going to lie for you. So, you know, there's that is huge to me mm-hmm. and should have been to the detective. But anyway, they came back to our house and gave us the keys to her car and said it was parked in the parking lot at the police station that we could go get it at any time. That's so Maybe we don't. They took off, you know, put something in the car and, you know, took it away and got rid of it type thing. I just kind of wondered if maybe something of that. That's exactly what I, exactly what I thought too, that they had all day to do that because, um, according to our investigator, she was, had been dead for several hours, not just, you know, it'd been since morning. Mm-hmm. And so he thinks they that he killed her and then propped her body up somewhere because he, usually when a person dies, the blood pulls at the lowest part of the, the body that's maybe like if they're laying on their side, it would be in the arm and the leg, and if laying on their back, it would be in the back. So the blood pooling was in her buttocks, like she was sitting up against a wall. And so when they found her, she was laying down, and the blood was not pooling. So any seasoned detective that's been to crime scenes and seen this would know that that was a staged body. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, there's just so much that's so crooked about it. So, kind of like, basically, like, you know, they had all day to, because they could have been, like, got rid of some stuff and, like, just kind of drove around, like, what can we do? Like, how can... Yeah. Because, like, how... Because it says about the room being completely destroyed, like... Mm-hmm. Like, how would... Like, if somebody's going to, you know, commit suicide, like, why would... Like, why would the room be destroyed? Like, yeah. the TV be blaring all the light? Like, I, I just don't... Yeah, and I have, uh, you know, a lot of questions that, that they just they just don't answer. They just, you know, they just don't answer. Why wasn't there DNA um, on the broken watch that was laying in the middle of the bed? It was a man's watch. There could have been her DNA on that, which would have proved mm-hmm. something. Excuse me, especially if it was blood or something. She had definitely bruises and contusions. She had bruises on her nose and what looks like uh, finger scratches on her, um, right above her wrist and on the hand with the um, broken fingernails. Do you think that they, so, like, really, like, were, they really obviously seem to mess up. Do you just think that they're just kind of don't want to admit everything that they basically overlooked and just kind of... Like you said, just not wanting to yeah. do anything because they messed up so bad. They're like, well, we just can't really fix this. We're just going to ignore everything. Yeah, I do. I believe the um, video surveillance would have cracked the case. Really. Yeah, you I mean, looked at to me. I mean, I don't even know. Uh, they, this is one of the questions I want to ask the detective if he ever answers his phone to me again. Is... Why wasn't, I mean, it's in the report that they were going to go back and speak with the manager of the motel and, and view the surveillance um, video. Mm-hmm. But it, then that's it. That's all it says about it. It doesn't say they went back and viewed it and there was nothing remarkable about it. That's it. Just they were going to go back and talk to the manager. Um, Nicholas Gomez called the motel and asked the um, the guy at the front desk if the police were still there. That's in the police report. And he was so drunk he couldn't finish a sentence. And 
you know, there, there's just, why would he call him to see if the police were still there? Yeah, it seems like he's kind of like wondering if, hey, if they're there too long, they might know that, you know, this is all staged. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah nothing definitely makes sense, it sounds like, for sure. No. So we're getting your voice out there, and, you know, I'm glad you responded. I'm hoping that this will kick it even farther, because I know you have a large amount of people that listen to your podcast. And so, um... Yeah, we're glad to, glad to yeah. have you. Yeah, thank you for talking with us, and I'm sorry that that happened to your daughter and your family, and that you're having to not get the best care from the police. Yes, and, and, you know, we're not the only ones. So, um, that might be a future thing we do, too. Um, myself and a few other moms that are struggling with independence police, you know, that might be something for the future mm-hmm. for us to um, have a collective voice against. Yeah. But is, uh, and, before we go, is there, like, anything you want to add well, um, not really. I think I, I said everything I wanted to say. Um, she um, needs justice. Uh, she she didn't deserve to die, and she didn't. Her son, you know, needs his mother. And uh, hmm. I hope somebody that um, knows something comes forward and helps us yeah as long as like i say what you guys are doing is amazing you know by keeping you know her story alive and keeping her memory alive because like i said i know i know it's it's got to be hard but you know you you kind of got to do it to make sure that justice is brought to it yeah and it's been kind of a blessing too because since i started the page lots of people that I didn't know, and some of them that I had known have come forward and shared photos and stories, and I hadn't seen some of the photos, and it, it just broke me a few times where I just, you know, I just cry, but it's a bittersweet. It's like, you know, seeing her so happy, like the friend Nathan, she could be herself around Nathan, and it was just some of the happiest faces I'd seen of her. And it made me have a good feeling, mm-hmm. you know, the bad. You know, you just realize you're never going to have that with the few owners again. So it, it's hurtful, but a blessing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So the page has been good. It's been, it's really working. I mean, there's hundreds of people, so, yeah, you know. Um, from here. Yeah. I'm hopeful. It's given me a lot of hope to um, to think that it's going to reach the right ears. It really will, one way or the other. So, yeah, I appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, cause we we try we try our best. That's <laughs> and we'd love to stay. <clears throat> excuse me, um, and we'd love to stay in contact and definitely follow up with this and send okay. followers to her page and try to keep everybody updated and really stay on it and try to get justice. That's awesome. Thank you. And if you want to, you know, if you have more you want to talk about, we'll set up a time and do it again. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, that was the wrap for our interview. Now, this next little bit of audio is a little bit over seven minutes. This is the phone call that they had with Devin, and uh, they said we could share this as well. So you can hear you know, the actual phone call to see what we were talking about in the interview. And we'd really like to hear your guys' opinion on this. So you know, you could message, comment on the page, and uh, give us your thoughts. But uh, thank you for tuning in, and... Here's the here's the audio. Hello. 
Devin? Devin? Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? Yes. Well, I see I had a call from you, a messenger from you this morning. So I was wanting to know, um, did you call me by mistake or did you call to talk to me? Um, actually, I just called to talk to you, um, see how you were doing. Um, whatever the case is, I just need you to know that in your heart that I love and I do love still Libby was my best friend. You know what I mean? And I would have done nothing in the world to ever f harm her at like, it was not, I had, there was no ill foul play. None of that is true. So, um, my niece is asphyxiated and hung and you don't have any idea how that happened? What have, I would love to like see you in person so that I could explain exactly what happened that night. Um, because that would be great because it, we are in the dark. I've tried to reach out, you know what I mean? I've tried to reach out to Cindy and Bob. I've talked to Bob a couple of times. Say what happened. Um, I mean, did you did you tell Bob what happened? I mean, or... Yeah, yeah, actually, I, I have shared this story with Bob. Um, when can I meet with you? Um, where do you want to meet? I mean, that's up to you. Well, I don't know where you live, if you're in the city or... I'm in Independence. Independence? Yeah. Um... Are you coming alone? Yeah, of course. I mean, maybe we could meet somewhere we could have sit down and have lunch or something. I mean, that's a horrible occasion, but... Yeah. Um... I don't know, Devin. I'm kind of... I'm kind of leery of you, to be honest. <laughs> I'll, I'll just be blunt. You know, there's only one, one way for me to talk to you, because I'm blunt. And I just, um... I don't feel safe around you. Does that make sense? It may not um, make sense to you, but I just don't may, feel safe. I don't may, feel safe around you. Okay, so why don't you meet me somewhere public? I mean, you don't have nothing to worry about. I'm not. I've never in my life, never in my life, physically harmed any woman. Period. End of story. Um. Is there a reason that you can't just, we just can't talk on the phone? Yeah, because I get emotional and, and I don't want to, I want to be in front of you so you can see my emotions, so you can, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, but I just don't know, you know, you know, I don't know that. Why is it so important for you to um, want to prove this to me? It's not just you. It's her. It's her whole family. I. I need. I need her whole family to know how much I loved and cared about her because I was prevented from going to the funeral. Like there was things that were said on on Facebook to hundreds of thousands of people that were false accusations about me. And that's horrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is true. That's horrible. You know, I don't deny that. Uh, that'd be horrible for me, anybody else. But um, I mean, I had to find. You know what I mean? I found her body. I know. Do you know how hard know. that is? I understand, but. Do you not know how? I want you to tell me how you think she got that way. 
Do you honestly believe she hung herself? Absolutely, I do. I don't believe it was intentional. I believe that she didn't think that it would work. But I also know this. It doesn't matter how hard I think about it. It I'll never know the answer. All I know is that she's gone. Where were you that night? Why weren't you there with her? I see. See, this is why I want to be in front of you. So that I don't understand it. <sighs> okay, so that morning we went. <clears throat> we this went is to. Why uh, I can't be in front of you, Devin, because right now I've got my family telling me not even to call you. To you know, I I, I had to leave my house and go to my sisters just to call you back. Because when my family heard that you had call, tried to call me, they were just shocked, and they wouldn't even let me call you back. So, I mean, I think what you and know, I, I understand. To, I understand that the family's going to point fingers, and there's going to have to be blame somewhere. I understand that. And if it helps you guys grief, blame me for everything. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I've got enough. We just want to know. Enough, we want to know, you know. You said that you you loved her and cared for her. I mean, Devin. Well, I did. Well, I'm not I'm not saying you didn't. I know how much she loved you, but I want to know where you were at. I mean, why weren't you there with her? That's... I was in the same hotel room as she was. Asleep on the bed waiting for her to get out of the shower. And, um, <laughs> man, can I, can I call you when I'm at a place where I can sit down? Sure. Because I'm about to, I'm about to get in a truck. I have to leave my friend's house. Is there any way I can call you when I get to my house? Sure. Okay. Okay, bye. Um, I'll call you in about 30, 45 minutes. Okay. All right. <clears throat> bye. He's got to get his fucking story straight.